What's good, family? Diesel and Reese are back. Yo. And <laughs> today we are taking you back uh, to college days. We we decided to go on a trip back to uh, the glory days of university. And we are looking at two films. The first film is Rules of Attraction by Mr. Roger Avery, who some of you may remember from co-writing Pulp Fiction with Tarantino. That's right. That's right. And the other one. The other one is called Shit House. Um, it's uh, it's one of those, it's one of those interesting titles that has a swear word in the title, um, automatically making it a subversive <laughs> film, regardless of the actual content of the film itself. Um, <laughs> can, can I just can I just mention that? So, uh, Shit House is currently streaming on Fubo TV, which uh, I, that was the first time I ever signed up for a free child to watch a movie on Fubo. Wow. And uh, and finding it on Fubo was actually a little bit of a oh, yeah. because because it is Shit House. If you try to spell the movie uh, in the search bar, it will not come up. You have to di- you have to type in S and then ellipses. It oh house. my god! You have to like, or no, no, you have to. No, it's S ellipses. The T way they house. like market it is um, S um, number sign or hashtag exclamation point percentage sign house. <laughs> <laughs> but on on Amazon, it's you like, can actually write shit though. <laughs> on Amazon, there's like oh, a okay. common search of shit house, and um, so that's not okay. an issue there. It'll yeah. come up. Yeah, no, that was um, reminds me of like remembering one of the 2000 passwords you have to remember <laughs> right. these days but um <laughs> let's jump right into it let's okay do it. so let's do it. The, the one thing i will say you know so as as many of you know jeff and i are filmmakers and and we both like love just this era of our lives and jeff also wrote an incredible play um set during this period called uh, can i shout it out or yeah can yeah. i shout out yeah 14, 14th grade you know so so this this is something that I mean, I feel like since we've met, you know, over a decade ago, um, we've always talked about like just just movies about like this this moment in our lives and homies around this time and first love, you know, like right out of high school and you're like first becoming an adult. So these two filmmakers took such kind of different routes to this to or at least to approaching how to showcase this to audiences but jumping into it um robert roger avery with rules of attraction uh which is adapted from the brett easton ellis novel right yeah 1987 brett easton ellis published um rules of attraction so ellis was born in 64 which means that he was 23 Mm -hmm. when the book was published and this was his second wow yeah his second book um, first being Less Than Zero, uh, which was published while he was in college. I'm not sure if he was still in college while Rules of Attraction was published, but he w- he did write it during college. And, That's incredible. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So he was, I, I don't know if I just said this, but yeah, he was 21 when Less Than Zero was published and it was a big sensation. He basically got got famous off that and he went on like the today show and stuff like that and he talks a lot about how strange that was um brett went to um bennington college um Mm -hmm. so bennington college in the 80s i think was like like a 600 student school and 
Uh, oh, it's small. It's yeah, smaller I've, than my high school. I mean, I'm not. Don't quote me on that, but like, I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure it's like it, it's a it was a very small school like that. And um, okay, and I think that in Avery's adaptation, he he updates it to um, to 2002 or when, or just mm. present day. But he also I feel like makes it a more generic large school that it does feel like a like a private school. Um, like that a, school seems fucking massive, but it's yeah, exactly. In, in it seems big. It seems like attraction. It, it seems like it's at least a six or seven thousand student school. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Not 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 USC big. Exactly. Big. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to give, because I mean, we're going to be talking about our sort of college experiences, and yeah. in 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 contrast with these films, like inevitably. Yeah. And so, uh, I went to USC. Um, graduated about seven years ago and um and steph went to um carnegie mellon university (laughs) (laughs) you gotta you know um carnegie in pittsburgh schittsburg (laughs) (laughs) that that'll be your college movie called schittsburg still steel city baby uh not that i have a problem with pittsburgh and and it's actually been 10 years for me and this is at this year. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. It's been. You graduated this, in 2012. I graduated in 2012, and this year is oh, our fuck. reunion. It's a, it's funny. Um, this year is supposed to be our 10 year reunion, and and hardly any of my friends are going. Actually, I've been messaging them on all a bunch of different threads, and no one's hitting it. And I, it's funny. Like <laughs> 10 years ago, I thought I you know I didn't go to my high school reunion, but I I did think I was like okay, like CMU. That's that's definitely gonna happen. And I, I think it has something to do with the pandemic or, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but just um, people that just aren't feeling it, you know, this year. Well, but, you guys are also still like a pretty tight, like you still hang out with your people from college. That is true. And yeah, all, all, all my aces I'm really close with and we all still talk. And also, I feel like the college reunion is just not as common as the high school reunion because it's much easier to get like a high school class you can you can still keep in touch with basically with like like it's easier to just band that party together rather than like an entire yeah. grade of a graduating class in college but i mean that's yeah that's true that's true so my school was way was way smaller than yours yes i i i think i think our our school when i was there was about um 5000 you know I, yeah i think it was like 5000 undergrad total so it it was it was a pretty tight uh, tight school, and frankly, I knew almost everyone in my class. Wow. But um, but yeah, and, and and going to to rules of attraction, I mean, th- this film has scope. I mean, if there is one thing, you know, it, it is such a novelistic picture. Um, it follows these three characters: uh, one played by James Van Der Beek, who plays Sean. Um, then you have um, Shannon. Shin, help me. Um, okay, so the characters are Sean Bateman, Lauren Hind, Sean, yeah. and yes. and Paul Denton. Um, James James Vanderbeek plays Sean Bateman. Shannon Sossaman. Shannon Sossaman. Yeah, plays Lauren Hind, and Ian Summerhalder plays Paul Denton. And um, there it is. And I think James Vanderbeek was popular from Dawson's Creek, right? Oh, and I love me some. Do- <laughs> I don't want to wait <laughs> for our love to be over. So- Dawson. Oh, I love that. That, that right there is is a is a a clue, a teaser into um, 
what Stefan will think of Rules of Attraction because if he was a if he was a Dawson's Creek fan, it's very low percentage <laughs> chance that he would vibe with Rules of Attraction. But but we'll get to that. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, a homie loved Dawson. <laughs> All right, so so yeah, it's this is a very um, it's a movie that really like goes deep into these like into the perspectives of these three characters, and it switches off between them frequently. And I think and there's heavy voiceover for all of them, and so like you're getting their interior in, in, internal monologue. It's it's a tough movie to sum up because it's so digressive, and there's also devices in the film that allow us to play with time. And there's a cyclical feeling of the film where it's like the movie kind of starts in the middle. Like it's fucking crazy. And um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And so like, um, but I would say generally it's about um, it's like a love. It's a love triangle in kind of the grandest sense where like, but the, but the love triangle never really like uh, confronts itself that much. Um, So that's a weird way to explain it, but yeah, it's funny. I, I did read the description saying it was a love triangle and there, there are a lot of issues I think with how this movie is marketed and oh, how yeah. people describe it online uh, because it, it, it is, it is a completely different experience. And I think if people, if, if it were marketed the original way that Roger and, and Brett intended, I think, I think, you know, like, like that, more that people, you mean that poster, was, yeah. that post you sent me with the stuffed animals, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the poster thing, you know, like uh, the studio decided to market it similar to Ten Things I Hate About You, you know, with this this poster just having like just faces of the cast, like it's you know like an American Pie or Ten Things yeah. or uh, Can't Hardly Wait yeah. or something like that. And it is not like those at movies. All. It is not like those movies almost at all. Um, you know, except for the fact that it's about young people and there hap- there happen to be romantic stories, but it is much more of a, it's kind of thrilling. It is romantic, but um, like you said, like the love triangle, it, that's the, that's at the core of the movie, but it's still like this, this, this episodic. I mean, in order know, to have a true um, love triangle, it's like two people have to be into the same person. And in this case, yeah. and in this case, I guess at one point, Lauren, kind of falls for Sean and also Paul falls for Sean as well. But the, the love interest between Sean and Paul is really just a, um, it's almost imaginary. Yeah, exactly. It's, so, it's not yeah, even, it's, it's not based in reality at all. And like, um, so yeah, I mean, I was going to say that's probably the, like of all the subversive elements in this film, like it's a very, it's like a truly like edgy, uh, provocative, film even for its time i would say but like it was pretty common i don't think it was groundbreaking at the time in that sense but one thing that i think was probably pushing the envelope was just to have uh just this portrait of homosexuality like that was probably the riskiest thing at the time you know what i mean yeah yeah and and it's i mean and you know from from the opening from the opening scene when when we start following um uh paul's character you know, like we're, 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 we're introduced to him trying to make a move on that guy yeah. and, and getting beat up, you know, and thrown out of the, yes. the college classroom. And I can imagine, yeah, I mean, 2002, you know, I, I think, I think, yeah, like we're still as a society, um, I think, yeah, like, I mean, just, just embracing 
Absolutely. know, like the LGBTQ movement, like for, for young, for young people. And it was still taboo. It was still a hundred percent. It was taboo. still, it was still a taboo thing to have, especially in like mainstream, like teen films like that. Um, you know, and I, I don't remember seeing that in another picture like that. It's yeah, I mean, imagine like hinted at or something. Imagine how homosexuality was or was not treated in like uh, a movie like American Pie or Ten, Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, it would be like yeah. it would just be such a marginal joke of the film. And here we actually right. have like a protagonist who, you know, we we get thrown into his POV of like like you said, trying to hit on straight guys <laughs> or like misreading. I yeah. like that he has really a very like inaccurate gaydar <laughs> you know what i mean he's like he's just gr- right. he's like he just goes for it and it never really connects totally like there's that one other character who's kind of gay but like it's any but it, it would be interesting to see it i mean it would probably not be a great adaptation but i would like to see a, a, something like that adapted now to like so they can go even further with that because i still felt like they you know, it's not like they really showed that much, which you don't necessarily have to. But you know what I mean? Like we, it was yeah, it was no, still, it, it was, was much made. more about the the emotional journey than yeah. actually seeing that much. Yeah, I which mean, is fine. But the one yeah. time that we see something is when Paul imagines uh, him and Sean making yeah. out, and I think that's like the one time you you like actually see, you know, like something at least start to happen, and then you know, and it pretty much cuts out from there. But I guess my point is compared to how graphic the sex is with the heterosexual people in the film. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, they, oh they could only sort of tantalize the sex with, between the men. So, so that's, yeah. Right. Right. But just going back into the story, I have to say like my experience, my personal experience watching this movie, um, it, it, it felt exhausting, <laughs> but but I, I I was present for it, and I caught you know I th- there are so many incredible things going on with it, and I love in the nineties. I just it just made me think about you know like in the late nineties, early two thousands, this like this this boldness for just embracing all of the cool camera tools yeah. and split editing effects and using different cinematography mediums, you know, let me shoot this on DV camera yeah. and I'll shoot this on film and, you know, and, and we'll do this split screen and POV. It's it just, it's it, like every, there every like, trick in the book pretty much. Yeah. I, I think there, there was a period for like a decade and a half, almost two decades of like the nineties and, um, and early two thousands where the birth of final cut and so much of these like new filming tools that like, and and it, you saw it in in music videos as well, right? Right. You know, exactly. like in, in music yeah. videos for popular rock bands, and in the and in the eighties, like, I would say that this would be if you're talking about music videos, a lot of that innovation was in the eighties. But I agree with you, right? Yeah. Right? Right? But there's something soulful about the stuff in the eighties still. That in the nineties, it was like new toys, and it's just so many tricks. Interesting. You know, whereas and 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 you know, like we could take a moment later to kind of delve into that, but. It just felt like so many visual gimmicks and just like, you know, just bombast. And in, in a again, way that you did or, I'm, or I'm, didn't like, or are you just kind of saying that it is what it is? I, it is what it is. I appreciate it. I think I'm still processing whether or not like this is 2022 me watching a film. So I've seen all of these things, you know, right, like right. even, even, even on TikTok, you see people doing so many of these tricks now and 
you know, like our mind is just so accustomed to it that I'm watching this movie and I'm like, oh my God, the amount of like forced POV shots and the split screens and the slow-mo and the rewind here. (laughs) It was just like- I I will say, yeah, (laughs) I will say I've seen this movie a few times and this time I was really like, like I love the, like especially towards the beginning, there are some really strong backwards scenes and I think the way they use it with the story it's not I, I don't think it's just arbitrary stylization like I do think it's part of the narrative in a cool way but right, it goes right. on for a really long time like yes. I mean if yeah if it were being done now I feel like there's no way they would be like okay this is going to be cool for five minutes you know what I mean to see someone talking in reverse is like I'm just like okay like get you know uh, get to it <laughs> but yeah <laughs> <laughs> right, right, but um, I but and then and then just when I say when I say exhaustive too, I want to just delve into this film is told from these varying perspectives and this very episodic nature, and so much so that over an hour into the movie, you know, we we're introduced to Victor's character, and and he gets his own like long segment, which is extremely memorable. But there's it is just oh, I like love that, yeah. Um, I, I was reading a lot about Roger Avery's take on it, and and I will say, what he set out to do, he did. Now the experience of of it is just felt tiring and exhausting to me. But what he was trying to do it was that he, he was trying to make it rather than showing uh, the, the conventional progression of 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 the relationships and emotions that each character is going through, he wanted to show these snapshots of what. He wanted he wanted the film to feel like memories that are most important to you, not necessarily the the emotional progression that like each scene needed. And not that they didn't shoot it, but he trimmed so much of that fat. Interesting. You know, like to because he wanted this this episodic nature of the film. Every scene, because every scene is is climactic. I'll put it that way. Almost every fucking scene huh. of this movie is a major scene. Interesting. Interesting. It's like there's like hardly any scenes where someone is just like kicking it. You know? Yeah. Um however, I think that my 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 overall impression is kind of like I feel like the psychic center of the film is for me, Sean the Sean character. And um, mm-hmm. I think that he he has like a nihilism and almost like a sociopathic personality that that to me drives yeah. the tone of the film. So the fact that we don't get keyed into necessarily that emotional trajectory for everyone to me like works because of that. And I, I got to say, like, you know, the first time I saw this, I think I was I was trying to remember I was either I must have been 12, I think. Like, and so this, I mean, it really, really left an impression on me. Like, and it was honestly, it was one, and I watched a lot of sort of adult movies and I like seeked them out and and stuff. But this was, uh, at the time, one of the only movies I'd ever seen that was too bleak for me. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I, and I don't, and it's like, you know, now I've seen it and so I don't necessarily view it. It, it, that bleakness doesn't like hit me as hard, but like, okay, spoiler alert, the ending of the film, uh, it is heavily implied that Sean commits suicide, uh, for me. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that was at least my impression watching it. I felt like he was a suicidal character and he was just, 
and then he kind of just like crashes his motorcycle at the end or he drives recklessly and the way it stops mid sentence i had like my interpretation was the guy's dead meat and he wants to be dead meat and like and that the whole thing was just this kind of from the beginning of the film this like you're you're introduced to this vampiric psychology which is like Sean's way of kind of how he like feeds off people and then he tr- he goes for this uh, he tries to connect with someone. He falls in love with Lauren. He thinks that the, there's like a purity there and an innocence there. And then it doesn't work out. He feels totally lost and betrayed and confused. He has no emotional center and he just kills himself. And like at a, as a 12 year old, like I got all that. And I was like, all right, this is too much. Like <laughs> it's just a little <laughs> for me. It was too, it was too irre- There was not enough like redemption there or something. And every time I've seen it since, I feel like I have a different response to it but i just want to but that's still like my that has been my strongest response you know and i think it also shaped me in a way of just being like this is this is how bad it can get in terms of like losing a moral compass and also like what college can be like and it's honestly in my opinion not that far off like that that was the college in in many ways that was the college that i was not necessarily part of but that i like observed and you observed yeah yeah. and and i think the psychic stakes are that high and the emotional stakes are that high because because people are really lost and i did have friends who were you know lots of people commit suicide in college and or i felt were suicidal and stuff and it's like so that that was my take on it and then of course the movie is like kind of this comic farce and it is fucking hilarious to me but but in my opinion it has such a it has such a dark and vacuous center to it which i think it's very like faithful to but um but it's a lot you know and that and yeah, that sense yeah. of being fra- and that sense of like nothing really fitting together in this fragmented episodic thing to me is just part of that what one important fact i think that we didn't state um you know, especially, you know, like when we start talking about Cooper's movie is that this film also is not only in its presentation is it stylized, but also in the performance and the tone. This is a dark satire. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, none of the, none of the performances are grounded. I was, I think Shannon's is, it it is a very, I actually just, I actually disagree. Shannon's is kind of, I think, I think she's still in the world. Yeah. Of this movie. No, I, I, I don't I know, think that okay, she would, I, I get what you're saying. You know, I, I don't saying. think that she would feel at home in a naturalistic film. I wouldn't, you know, I that think is that a good, that's a good role. point. That's a good point. You know, it, it, everything, everything in this movie is, um, it's turned up to, you know, turned like, up to 10 yeah. or 11. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's turned up. I mean, ex- especially James Vanderbeek and just like the looks people are giving each other and the way that they're seeing each other at the parties. And it's like, you know, it, there's so much exaggerated going on. I have a hard time with uh, just processing projects like this. You know, this is why, like, I have a hard time with, you know, I mean, I respect his work so much, but I do have a hard time with Wes Anderson's films. And, you know, and like, uh, uh, you know, even I remember, I'm not even going to, let me not just like name off people. No, go ahead. <laughs> but, I mean. Uh, well, you know, I had a hard time with like Jojo Rabbit. Right, right. You know, but, you know, and I think that I just have a hard time sometimes with, um, you know, like just, just, just that level of satire and farce. I just, I hardly ever really find it that funny. You know, I think especially when it is a culture 
I feel far removed from. And it's interesting because you bring up rules of attraction, you know, like it being so close to your college experience. I, I, I was watching it and there were so many things that, that took me out from it. A, the casting. I mean, everyone looks 30 <laughs> in the movie. I didn't think so. You know, I thought they looked so I didn't think so like at like, all. James Vanderbeek is supposed to be a freshman. Okay, whatever, he looks you know, he looks movie. a little old, but besides that, I mean, Shannon looks twenty two. Like they all look to me, they look like they're in their early twenties. Like, but that's that's valid. That's valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it just, I think, I think that that took me out, and then just like, just that even even the nature of some of the party setups were just. Um, I mean, there's that one party where it looks like they're at Burning Man. And they're burning this massive wood sculpture. And I was like, what is, like, where is this? You know, I mean, it is so, fan- there are so many things that feel so fantastical. And and then, and so those things take me out. But then, okay, I'm, I'm watching it. And I think one of the major issues that I have, and this is story, story-wise and also directorially, is just like, there will be these very, very intense things that happen. I mean, what happens to... Shannon's character um, in the beginning of the movie with the guy filming her. I mean, she's, she's getting raped, you know, like in this, you know, like she's been trying to lose her virginity to the right person. And she ends up not only getting raped, but someone is filming it. And that is so hardcore, but I, I feel like I'm watching that scene and there's some, there's still this level of whimsy. And, and then the scene afterward when she's, having a smoke with uh, Ian Somalder's character, it's it, it just, I don't know, like I, I don't feel the emotional residue. Uh, there's so many things in this movie are commented on and that doesn't get weight. And there are a lot of moments, even when the girl kills herself, I think like it, it kind of embraces the whimsy of these things. And um, I, I, I don't know, it, the, the emotional weight of them, I think could have used a little bit more uh, poignancy. Yeah, sure. But yes, I, I hear you. I, I just think, um, first of all, that's indicative of where storytelling in general was at in 2002, but also in the eighties. I mean, yeah, like it's, it's hardcore, it's shocking, but we didn't, it, it just meant something different at, at that time. It didn't, it didn't mm-hmm. have, you know, that didn't necessarily warrant like a four minute montage of her being sad after in the, at the, that time. Now I feel like you couldn't, I mean, straight up, like so many of those choices, people would not put those in movies today, which is yeah. um, not necessarily the best because I feel like it is, I, I guess what I'm saying is he's trying to depict a world in which those things are normalized. So yes, like it is, it is callous, but he's trying to depict a world that is callous. And, and I think that when you're a nerd to those things and like, uh, in that world, then you adapt and respond accordingly. And like, that's, that's kind of the vibe I got from, from Lauren. And actually it might've benefited from some reverberation from that, but I think as emotional as they are, there's like a jadedness behind it. But I don't know. For me, the humor never, I never view it as, as whimsical. To me, it has a very like hard edge to it, which which works and which kind of sells the nihilism of it. 
but that's that's fair. I mean, it's just funny that you would compare this to something like Jojo Rabbit, which is it's just I feel like yes, it departs from from realism or naturalism, but just in the other direction. Right. I, I think because I mean, Jojo is like depicting Hitler and. You know, it's just like there's like a lot of atrocious stuff going on, but it still deals it with this this sort of gleeful satire, you know. But but even JoJo has some, you know, pretty poignant emotional beats. Well, so so uh, does this. I would argue. I mean, I thought that I thought that the sequence of her of of that random character committing suicide was actually really poignant. Like I fe- like the way that was done, where she f- she placed those like objects down on the on the edge of the bathtub. Like I actually felt a lot during that and I felt it because of the filmmaking. We had no connection to that character. And so to not feel the reverberations of, of that death made sense because none of those people really knew her. So it was just another like weird thing that, that happens. And actually I actually, okay, that was kind of a plot hole of the movie. I didn't understand why Sean was having that kind of reaction to that because it was like, he was convinced that that was the person who was writing her writing him those letters. And then that turns out to like, not be the case. Like that stuff was all confusing to me. Did, did you? Well, at, at the end of the movie, Sean thought that, that Shannon's character, that Lauren, um, Lauren was writing them. That, that, that Lauren was writing. Yeah. Cause, well, who cause was writing, them? was writing them. Do we, do we ever find out who was writing to, them? To, what I, we never actually find out in the movie. Cause I actually like, I was like reading about it online and it's, and it's not, it's not clear, right. but, to me, there's a sequence in it after that girl, you know, kills herself. There's a freeze frame sequence where we see her in the background of yes. all those scenes yes. looking at Sean. Yes. So we know that she was obsessed with Sean. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was hinted there that 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 she was the one writing the letters because just because like she, she was always fawning over him in the background. But to me, the plot hole is that how would he know that? He didn't. He didn't at the end. Or it was, and, or and was La- it? Lauren, Lauren has a line at the end where she, because she never corrected him. He thought that Lauren was writing them, and she never corrected him. And her last line of the movie is is basically saying uh, that she didn't write those le- letters. She's telling, yeah, she's telling Paul, I didn't write those letters. And he's like, Why didn't you? You know, like I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, Why didn't you tell him? And she's like, I mean, it, it wouldn't have mattered to him anyway. You know, right, right. Or, or she says something along the lines of like, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Well, yeah, there, but, um, I think there was some intentional ambiguity there, but um, yeah, I will agree with you. And I will say the the moment with the, the girl's death, I did feel something probably more than I felt for any of the main characters. Agreed. And I think that that was my issues that okay. I, I did feel something for that girl just because of how she felt so forgotten among these people's yeah. sort of vapid, these people's vapid search for sex and drugs and, you know, like, and just, you know, yeah, nihilism that she is like the one person who is just has just some earnest longing and no one sees her and she dies. And I did feel something for her because even the scene right after she dies, like two scenes later, he's like about to kill himself. And then he like fakes killing himself when she comes in the room, oh, that 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 threw me off. That 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 sequence, that that really, I, I don't know. That just didn't. Uh, I didn't really compute why he was doing that so soon after this girl just found her roommate dead, and then she sees him. It's like, what are you doing? Well, the thing of I him, mean, the thing of him trying to commit suicide, that worked completely. 
I don't know. That's kind of the interesting thing about this movie. It's like we're not quite clued into why characters may be feeling a certain way or not. Or it's like they go from feeling nothing to like wanting to commit suicide. But to be honest with you, right. that's what it feels. That That's representative of what it's like to be a young person. You know what I mean? Like you go from these, you go from like numbness to like this total histrionic uh, emotion and, or it's like all or nothing. And so to me that like, it, it's weird, but it does kind of ring true. And I remember watching this movie when I was younger and it did like re- that scene really did register emotionally. So I think, I don't know, in a weird way, I feel like this is a movie for teenagers. Like, honestly, you've, you've seen some of, I mean, the thing that all the teenagers are watching right now is euphoria. Right. That's like, that's, that's the, that's the one that's just capturing, you know, generation Z and our generation uh, for the most part and breaking records on HBO. And I think that, that show, I mean, people say as well, it, it is it is extreme in a lot of ways, and you know it's the director Sam Levinson basically takes like such a bombastic approach to just show, showcasing so much um, in that this kind of Gaspar no way way. But I will say that I still think that this movie does not. I remember one, one of my uh, you know like in theater school we would. And, and you went to theater school as well. It's just studying like beats and and earning moments. I just I, this movie does not earn a lot of its moments. It just kind of it's just there because I, I know what you mean. Like the scene, I understand and I understand a character doing it, but I just it it's like so many of these things aren't earned. So by the time they're happening, I'm like, all right, you know, like if he if he dies here, I'm 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 basically shrugging my shoulders because like it's just. I'm not along. I'm not along for the ride. I'm. I'm, and and like Roger. Roger directed and made the movie this way. So, you know, kudos to him. But like, I, I feel like I'm just watching random snapshots, and every time a scene is is being presented, it's almost like, it's almost like the, even when the music builds and things happen it's anticipating what's about to happen. The music is anticipating it and it's telling me what to feel, you know, like before the scenes even happen. It's just not earning a lot. The one moment I will say I liked, I actually really liked, uh, and this is something you don't see that much nowadays, is the moment where he tries to profess his love to Lauren and then she leaves and then the snowflake, that CGI snowflake falls on his cheek and then the teardrop falls. That was so surreal, and I wanted more of that. I wanted I, that was so interesting, and it was just and it just like sat on him for a moment. I did like that a lot. This this that that surreal nature of that scene that was really interesting. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. The there was a there was one sequence that I I completely tuned out, and it was the one where. The guys are like jumping on the bed. I think they're singing George That's Michael. That's so funny. Or I thought that you I, that was probably my favorite. Not this jumping on the bed. That's so funny. But my favorite part of the movie was when they're at that dinner with the uh, the parents. With the mom, with the parents. Yeah. I I just didn't find it funny. I thought at it was all, hilarious. And I, was like, so... I was I was that's I haven't laughed <laughs> that that scene. I found funnier than anything I've seen in months. Like I I was dying. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> but hey, that's that's why we have a podcast. Now, just 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 to you know establish some parallels, I th- I think it's really good to know how young Brett was 
when he when he wrote the book. Yeah. And and here we have this kid, Cooper Rafe, who writes, directs, stars, and edits Shithouse. And I think when he's what, like a twenty-two year old or a twenty-one year old? Twenty-two. Yeah. Twenty-two, twenty-one, you know, in California. And um as I'm watching Shithouse, and so Shithouse is, you know, similarly like the, the movie opens up and he's basically like this lonely guy looking for a party, you know, similarly. So looking for romance. But Shithouse takes the route of he's not looking just for, ground. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, he, he, just in terms of. He's like a lonely yes, dude. Yes, he's a lonely yeah. dude. But just to. But if I were to summarize it, I just want to just trying to cut you off real quick because because to me, if I were to summarize the movie, I would say it's about a homesick was he he's a freshman right yeah he's a homesick college freshman trying to find friends not and he's rejecting romantic partners (laughs) i mean yes he like yes and he eventually he 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 does he does meet and it it becomes about a love story between him and his ra but he goes to parties and he's not really and he like uh is he has trouble connecting with people and Anyways, go on. But I, I would just, yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he's rejecting like frivolousness, right? Like he's just yeah. looking for like just genuine connection um, with people. And he doesn't have it with his roommate. And, you know, he's not looking the for movie hookups. Starts off he and, is not looking for hookups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, he wants something real, yeah. you know, and, and, um, but yeah. And then he, he, the movie's called Shithouse because that's the party that they go to, which is, uh, I guess it's a fraternity or whatever. They go to Shithouse. And, that's where he encounters his uh well he he encounters a girl who wants to fuck him and he refuses because it's just not genuine and then but then he encounters his RA there i think they meet in cuz cuz they they know yeah, they, they have know an interaction in the hallway right and then i think that yes they see, okay yeah you're right they see each other in the hallway waiting for the bathroom at at the shit house party but then like her friend, and they have a nice little connection, and then the friend comes. That's yeah. It. And then the and then her friend comes over and starts talking about some other guy who she has yeah. her, her sights on, and then it kind of like kills the vibe, and then it dissipates, and then he like meets some other girl who comes on uh, comes on to him, and he's really not into it, and he feels like totally disconnected from it, and then kind of rejects her, and then later he's he's home. And then ends up connecting with the RA that night. And the whole, most that of the movie. Yeah. And the whole second act. Movie is this before sunset kind of. Sure. Just yeah. the two of them just kicking it. Right. Yeah. It's them spending the whole night together just talking. And um, I mean, just to jump into it, like this movie is such a, it presents to me like a polar opposite uh, picture of college. Like compared to Rules of Attraction, this was a much smaller college. Absolutely. And I think maybe part of that is production stuff because like they didn't, they were shooting this, like it was, it was kind of like a stolen movie in a way because they didn't have permits to shoot uh, on the Occidental (laughs) campus. So they would steal. Really? Yeah, dude. That's funny. Yeah. And so, I mean, kudos. They went out and shot and shot stuff there. And when people asked them what they were doing, they'd just be like, oh, this is a student film. And like, we don't have any money, (laughs) which I mean, yeah, I don't know how much money they actually had, but um but they're not yeah. far off. I mean, it felt like a student film, but like a really good student film. Point being, though, the picture of college that they paint is like, it feels really tiny. And like, and the kind of the circle of people that we see and like the parties that we see, it's very quaint. 
and very non-threatening and yet and we really and the main difference too is that we only are following this one guy and occasionally we have cutaways to the ra character but like it's really about him and his connection to his family and 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 his like moral uh scruples which are so earnest and um and it's really the opposite of the narcissism or sorry not narcissism the uh, nihilism of rules of attraction this is like a guy who who's looking around at, at his roommate who's fucking hilarious by the way um his roommate is hilarious yeah i, I that was he yeah, was that, that kid was he was that was that, that was my favorite performance in the movie i think like when he does this stand-up co- like Oh, when he's at the stand-up comedy crying. show and he's like um, trying to be funny and just bombing, and then him asking like, like he tells a joke in the first scene, and and it's like <laughs> not that funny, and then he's like, "That's pretty funny, right? Like, do you think people would like laugh at that if they saw it?" Like, and then, and I also thought it was pretty classic because then he's like, "Why are you guys just hung over?" And that girl cuts in and she's just like, "You're just not funny." Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> That was really good deadpan humor right there. And then and then he comes back with the most obvious joke. He's like, well, you're just not that cute. And it's just like, I've just heard that so many times. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Um, but I you know, I I, I I watched that movie and I was actually like, it's funny, I actually went into shit house expecting it to feel because I've seen a lot of these sort of movies at Tribeca. And, um, you know, L.A. Know, Film Festival. I've this, seen yeah. so many of these kind of movies, you know, like where it's just like young, young filmmakers trying to make a little romantic film. But it's just but the the, the supporting characters storylines don't fit in quite well. The, right, the right, beats right. of the romance don't work. And I, I got to say, and maybe this is J, J. Duplass's involvement, but the actual like just narrative structure of this movie was like structurally sound. I mean, I was actually really surprised at how much restraint that that how much restraint that he was able to give it to just focus on, you know, like just those two leads for the most part, you know, like and and how and and how their pasts, which is revealed throughout the night, you know, like her father not being in her life, losing that turtle, you know, right. but like still coming from still coming from a more privileged uh uh, place but like emotionally distant from her family and how that affects her behavior and how she is seeing college and is much more domineering and like and and it's just trying trying to have a great time and 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 enjoy herself and even in the midst of having like you know like emotional connections she's like yeah like i'm gonna try and fuck someone else the next night and and he having lost his father and being so close to right right you know like some some people would say emasculated but i just think it was such a beautiful portrait of a very sensitive you just don't you don't see it that much you don't just see like sensitive guys like that in college like not like that usually it's like a really nerdy thing yeah. but here yeah. it was it was almost like the roles were reversed yes. in what would typically be you know like like he was acting how a, a typical female character in a movie like this would act like all of his choices were like that, you know, like his character's choices. And I thought that was really uh, interesting and beautiful to watch. Like even their fight scene, you know, he's just like, can you just feel me? Can you just listen to me? And it's just, I, I don't know. I was like, man, this is just like it, it, it emotionally. I just thought it was so resonant and rang so true for me. And, 
even just like the way that the dialogue flowed it yeah. um, granted this is much more of a naturalistic but you it, know like subdued movie but yeah. but to its credit it was like successfully naturalistic because i mean i can't tell you how many things i've i'm i get exposed to that are trying to be naturalistic but then when you get yes. down to the dialogue it just doesn't really it feels either rehearsed or it feels like overly loose or like overly improvised but this was like really i mean i had issues with the movie but like i i thought the dialogue was supernatural right, like it didn't right. it didn't feel written or acted and at a certain point i did like at a certain point during the um uh, the 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 night that they spend, I really forgot that that they were acting. Like it really became like their performances. Were, I think were really solid because like especially when when the duration kicked in and it was like there were t- and, and like that scene where he probably the best moment of the movie I think is when he's he's with the girl and it must be like uh it must be really late at night but um he gets like a FaceTime call from his from his mom. Oh and yeah, it's. So real. Yeah. And I mean, I was also like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why would you do this? Like, why would you have to talk to your mom right now? But, but he does. And then he gets off the call and she's like, wow, that told me a lot about who you were just now. And like, and then how later she kind of brings it up and uses it against him. And like, and, but it is like a a really indicative moment of who he is. And, and then also when he touches on like his dad dying and then, and says that thing, what is the thing that he says that, uh, that his dad said, like, you're, you know, like, you're going to be, you're, oh, yeah. he's like, you guys are carved into my heart. It, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys, you guys will forever be carved into my yeah. heart. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, even though he died, like, he said that to us and like, I'm really tight with my family and everything's okay. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> like, I, you, you do not see that in like an indie comedy or like an indie movie, like that level of just kind of emotional directness and th- and at that point of the film with those two people connecting you really i really did kind of like drop into it and and i was kind of sold on the whole uh you know sold on on what i was watching you know i forgot it was yeah. a movie now it, it it is it it is a first feature and it does it does have some of the first feature trappings yeah. like some some scenes feel like they go on a little too long <laughs> And, um, and, and then like, I, I did find myself like the last 10 minutes of the movie, I was like, all right, I feel like we're epiloguing right now, you know? I, and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and there's something about like this, mo- the movie is like this nice snack bite of a film that just like drops you into this one, like really long scene with the two of them. And I actually, I wanted it to, I, I wanted the movie to continue to just stay in that scope. And I, the one thing I got to say that in retrospect, I was not a fan of was this whole like jumping two and a half years and create this Hollywood ending of like, yeah, like, I want to be your girlfriend now. I was like, nah, you know, like, well, yeah, um, on one level, I just, I just, I I didn't need it. And it felt a little tacked on, you know, to kind of give it this smile. Um, I I could, I could have used something just more simple. And frankly, this is another movie that could have used them more just. Simpler, ambiguous ending. Interesting. What are you going to say? I mean, I think I have mixed feelings because, like, I agree with you. And I think that, I mean, the things that I had an issue with were, like, okay, so you're telling me that he play, he still hangs out with the college roommate? Like, then it must be a really small school. Because, like, 
I I did not hang. Sorry, like I mean, freshman roommate, because I did not hang out with my freshman roommates Neither two, did two I. and a half years later. And like, even though they like saved some face, like those two people were not going to keep hanging out. And like, I didn't. And them and like the and sort of this major key like corny indie music playing with them playing basketball with each other. I was like, eh, like that's not <laughs> that that ain't real. And, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, he's like playing basketball with those kids. Then he's like eating lunch. Yeah. With eating lunch with the exact kids with, that he met and, that And night. he's best friends with his roommate. And it was like, dude, this is, this is like it, too, way too clean, way too convenient. It was weird. It's like, he got the messiness of college yeah, for the first exactly, six, exactly. 50 minutes. And then like, for some reason, the last like 20, he's like, you know, it just became, it, it did not ring true anymore. However, you know? I did think. I didn't hate that ending, even though, yes, it was a little Hollywood, but I didn't, I kind of did like that. Like, if you're talking about, you know, stuff we haven't seen before, I haven't necessarily seen the story of like guy who I connected with, but also judged for being a fill in the blank, you know, didn't, did not think he was my guy at the time. And then like later (laughs) being like, okay, that guy was really sweet. And then wanting to get back together with him. I mean, that does happen a lot. I feel like that's like a real enough scenario that's not like a story told very often. So I feel like that was kind of nice. But yes, it was. I I also I identify with this movie a lot because in college, at least, I mean, I'm different now as an adult, Mm -hmm. but in college, I I was more of that character. That's I I was a very vulnerable sensitive uh uh person and 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 i did find myself just looking for genuine connections and when frivolous things like came my way it's just i i think maybe coming from the household i came from or whatever it is but i i i connected a lot with with that storyline of just like i i wasn't I wasn't that hard partying type in rules of engagement. And I, you know, like, and I just, I didn't see myself in that movie at all. Um, but like, but look, that that's, and that's what it's a different movie, you know, like in terms of those characters and, you know, like what the, the psychology that they were trying to explore there. But like, it was nice to see a movie like this. Cause y- usually, usually it's like you have such an extreme nerd or something like that. But like, this dude, you know, he was like a cool dude, you know, and I didn't, I didn't think I, so. I, I didn't think so. You know, I, mean, I know what you mean, but I was like, I was <laughs> I'm cool. saying like he wasn't like I, I, I did think like when he woke up the next morning after he slept with her, you know, I was like, all right, dude, get out of <laughs> yes, here. Yes, exactly. You know, exactly, like you yeah. got you got to go. And him just lingering. I was <laughs> I got to say it. It was almost like watching a horror. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. In that scene, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, my God, dude, what are you doing? He's like, so like. Why don't you want to talk? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say, I would. That made me laugh so yeah. hard because I was like, "Yo, this homie is killing it right now," <laughs> as in destroying, like as in ru- he's oh, ruining as in, it, as in destroying. Yeah. He's ruining himself <laughs> and the situation and all prospects by just trying to ask this girl to get a burrito with Ugh. him and keep hanging out. And she goes to the bathroom and he's still there on the bed. And it's like, bro, you were like, oh man. Yeah, I mean the thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it was, and I must say, like once once it revealed that it was um, that his father died, like the homesickness made a lot more sense. Uh, but before you find that out, I was like, "What is this guy's deal?" Like, 
I mean, like, <laughs> like, and you know, because I was, but I was the same way. Like, I, I had a very hard time at college in general, and like, I was also kind of on the outside, but um, I did not have that level of homesickness, and I didn't, and I, I'm not, and look, everyone's story is different, and it felt authentic to Cooper, um, but it was hard for me to connect to because my sense of alienation was not like a pining for being back home, even though I think, I think we all experience some or many of us experienced that like we go to, to college and it just feels so jarringly uh, different from like, from where we grew up. And it's like, and especially yeah. in the facades that people put on, I thought that's what shithouse really got right. Where it was like, he, you know, like he runs into these people like that also uh, probably actually my favorite scene, I think was him being uh, in the, in that hallway at shithouse. And then that guy being like, be like, I love college, bro. Fucking pussy, bro. <laughs> and and he was and he was like so drunk and like throwing up in his mouth and like yeah. And and I was like that because like I was like I was saying, I would say overall like Rules of Attraction was closer to the college that I saw, but that scene was more representative of anything else in both movies. Like that guy in that scene is actually what. <laughs> being a freshman in college is like that guy like just being like that that sense of like of cooper looking at him and being like how are you actually saying these things like like how yeah. drunk could you possibly be to just like be spouting this crap and like it's just it, it, just that level of human behavior is so removed from reality and i think yeah i think that's one thing that these films have in common but it's just that you get this perspective in shithouse of someone who really does still have their feet on the ground. Like he's, yeah, he still yeah. remembers, he's not willing to like leave his humanity at the door and become like this, some like amorphous joke of a human being. You know what I mean? But like, Dude, yeah, if there's one thing I will give shithouse and um, interestingly enough, like rules of attraction had so many characters, but like, there wasn't a lot of um, interaction from like random people. Shithouse had a lot no, of was. these random characters. Was there? There, there was, but, it, but to... it had a different feel to it. It didn't. Ha it, did, yeah. it had a different feel. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in Shithouse, I just felt like there are so many random characters. Like at every conversation, anytime there's a conversation happening, someone just bumps in. And know? I did and love that. Like, I did love that. And I and that was so. Like it, it, he, that, that dialogue wise, writing wise, he nailed that so well. Cause I'm thinking of another scene that had me crying laughing. And it was the one where he's having an argument after discovering that the girl that he slept with and, you know, had a night with who stopped talking to him because he kept, you know, like he was pretty borderline stalkerish. So it was pretty stalkerish sending her like 50 text messages the next morning. Cause she didn't text back. But anyways, he sees her at that second party and then he follows her, he follows her into that bedroom Finds her with another guy. That guy leaves and he says, like, this is my room so that the guy can leave. Then they're having this argument. And then, like, as they're having their argument about, you know, like, uh, a consideration for each other, then that dude comes in. Like, this dude randomly opens the door and he's just like, hello? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to leave. And then he comes back into the room in the middle of the argument. He's like, oh, I see what you're doing. And he's like, this is my room. 
And the, <laughs> I thought that was so sick. He's like, this is my room. Like, you guys like. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I've seen that scene before, but that, it felt so wrong. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the same thing or or like with the black dude that he was trying to fight outside the yes. door. Oh, like, my God. That, I forgot about that. That was great. There that are so great. many moments where like these actors could have gone like a little just over the top or he could have just done something. But that felt so honest. And he's like, hey, man, like, just go, bro. You know, like and he just kept egging him on because he's just so angry. Yeah, um, that was about getting kicked out from the party. Yeah, that was. Yeah, sick. that was nice. I mean. And it also showed it was rare scenes like that where you see some like courage from that main character, which I think really help. Um, Cause if he's just this kind of passive figure the whole time, it doesn't really work as well. It feels very well observed. And that's what just like things that I would want to capture about college. I feel like it captured, there were about 20 minutes worth of this film where I feel like it really, really nailed some stuff. So we have a movie made in 2002 and then this shithouse came out, what, 2021 or 2020? 2020. 2020. You know, so, I mean, in, in the 18 years, I, I, I got to say, <laughs> I mean, like looking at both pictures, I mean, ain't much changed about the college experience. Well, it's still, like, I, you know. Uh, I totally disagree. But, I think so much has changed. Really? Yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, I think, I think what's changed is the students. Like, and also, and what you just said about, um, and I mean, sure, there could be, there probably is a version of this that could have been told that came out in 02, but I just feel like what you said about Cooper being like the more feminine presence in the movie, like that is not like, to me, that's, that is new. to me, that's a hundred percent a product of where we are now. And like to show a female character like that and just to have that kind of a dynamic feels very contemporary almost to a degree that it didn't it didn't surprise me as much as as it did for you like to me it just was like okay like i get it like he's mm-hmm. passive you know if you're using the protagonists as a way to evaluate these films i feel like they couldn't be more different and I, you know what i mean like and i think they are yeah, very yeah. and it's and especially too like cuz i mean you have to also look at this it's not just a o2 story it it was it was written in 87 and oh yeah that's right and, yeah, it, was, and it, it was actually yeah it's an older story yeah and it was also like avery and brett are both like key gen x writers they're like key gen x figures and um Bernie Snell's talks a lot about the differences between generations and he has a famous he famously kind of termed millennials generation wuss <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, but he has this, <laughs> I did not yeah, know he has this essay called generation Wuss, and he talks a lot about how millennials are oversensitive and, and just how young people, and I mean, now we're at the stage where the college students are Gen Z and, and I mean, Cooper, I'm pretty sure is Gen Z. And yes, so it's yes. like, but we're, but to me, this is like generation Wuss squared. I mean, like you couldn't get, if you could not get softer than he is like i'm sorry like i love like i'm sympathetic to him but i was also just groaning like you gotta grow a spine dude like you gotta figure it out i was like come on bro like i was literally yelling at the screen like because it was uh, yeah and i mean to a degree it's very authentic and i relate to it so i'm glad it's it's out there but i was also just like good god and and that contrasted with like the level of hedonism and 
uh, like dissociation and like aggressiveness in uh, Rules of Attraction. To me, they are just like you couldn't find a more perfect representation of like Generation Wuss versus Generation X, in my opinion. Now, I I I see what you're saying. I I would only say that it, it's it's a matter of the stories that are told that are revealing people who have always existed but just didn't get the yeah. time of day when it came to storytelling. Uh, you, you know, like I just yeah, but we're it, it's like it's like if that whole story if the whole story that Brett wrote was from the perspective of Paul and not you know yes. and not um, Sean, yeah. I think you know, like we're talking about a, a, a similar journey, you know, or at least, um, yeah, I, don't, I, I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is like, when I say nothing changed is more of just looking at, even though the other one is a satire, you know, like just thematically looking at like, just, just like what, what happens in college for the most part, this, this communal sort of nihilism and loneliness you know right, like that's true. That, that so many people feel like when they get there like that is so it's it's just it's the same thing you know like and and yeah we're looking at of something written in 87 and then you know this is coming out in, in 2020 i mean this is 40 years later almost you know 30 40 years later and um i don't know if that's a nature of like how the communities are in college and, you know, you, you know, like, and how clubs are and are, are, are the dormitories just like, you know, they're not doing a good job of, of, of helping kids just, I'm, I'm just wondering if there's like a greater problem here of this, this sort of loneliness thing in college, you know, like, and it's, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I mean, there will always be partying. There will always, probably you know there will always be a certain level of hedonism with the partying it's probably gotten toned down a lot i mean think about covid era college i mean it's gotten way way tamer like um yeah that's true that's from true. what i've heard and um so i am curious about that but like when we went to college yeah it was it was nuts i mean and i heard about a lot more shit than i than i saw but like um but yeah there's always going to be that sense of um that, that hedonism and also loneliness and um, but yeah, I, I guess what I'm hi highlighting is like rules of attraction focuses on really, really privileged kids who have drifted so far from the shore of who they are that they're already like fucked. And, and, and that's right, especially right. clear. I mean, I guess it's really only clear with Sean, but again, I think Sean is the protagonist like ultimately and I just, Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. And I think, um, and like looking at, for example, like the idea that she hooked up with this guy, uh, Victor, and then Victor like had this whole semester abroad. And then by the time he got back, he didn't even recognize her. Like that shit is brutal. Like, yeah, <laughs> and to be yeah, honest, it's just, it, I don't know. To me, it's just a whole other, like, spectrum yeah. of of existence it's like it's so much more adult in a way but it's also like adulthood gone off the rails um yeah yeah we didn't even comment on in rules of attraction the whole like <laughs> i i mean this felt so tacked on to me but and i didn't really find it that funny but the whole like drug dealing thing i yeah right, right, right. it just didn't even like pay off really in this story it, it was just like 
you know, and, and especially because he like tries to cut off the black guy's arm at one point when he's breaking out of the drug dealer's house and they just come and they just give him a few licks. I was like, all right, this is, um, at that point I was like, this is some fantasy land. Like I'm not, I'm not believing this very much. And and I also didn't understand why Clifton Collins character like didn't fire the gun right. after what those guys did. It, you know, like the whole drug dealing thing, they could have lost that for me. Cause that, that, that didn't, that did not affect any of the plot. Oh yeah. Fred Savage is in there just getting high on, you know, I was like, what is like, <laughs> um, yes, I agree. The drug dealing aspect of the film is was not the strongest. Um, and I was also curious, like we know this guy is from a wealthy family and yet he's, and yet mm-hmm. he's like fucking around. It was slightly confusing, but it also clues you into where he's at. And also I wanted to mention in the in the canon of Brett's work, um, Sean Bateman is Patrick Bateman's brother. So yeah, so right. even and also knowing that, I'm like trying to imagine what his home life is like and the fact and I also like how he kept on lying about Patrick Bateman of American Psycho fame for all for all for all you newbies out there. Exactly. Yeah. American Psycho, that guy. So I mean his while his brother is cutting his teeth at on Wall Street, he's uh <laughs> slumming it in at Camden. So anyways, um, yeah, it's, it's bizarre behavior, but honestly pretty like interesting and important behavior where it's like these rich kids who just want so badly to like have some other shit going on. And like, and he probably is broke. Like I got, like I actually bought that he was broke and it's like refusing to take money from his family or whatever. Like, I don't know. I would have liked to actually see a little bit more of that, but, um, that dynamic yeah. yeah and yeah and, and you know like uh i mean the music in that movie is like really cool it's great it's, yeah you know like yeah yeah i gotta say like it's a great soundtrack and i actually did love the um i love that the way that the movie ended you know like the way it cuts to black and the credits going backward i've never seen that before that's really cool you know that, that sort of played into the just, <laughs> just the bizarre nature and the timeline yeah. um so i appreciate roger doing that and then cooper Cooper's direction, I mean, is pretty subdued. I mean, we can just say it like, you know, yeah. cameras are on sticks. Like, you know, like I think for the most part, you know, like just this sort of, this is probably like playing into the budget that he had, but just like the claustrophobia of being in college, you know, like in just extreme, like very, very tight close-ups. And, you know, like um, uh, there there was nothing that like uh, directorially, I think in, in Shithouse that like, you know, kind of, I thought was astonishing. I mean, but, no, it, but it, I, it's just a restrained. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of impressed at just the, I mean, it was like elegantly covered. Like there wasn't like a ton of unnecessary stuff. And like, there were some nice yeah. two shots and like, and like there was one cool scene that they played all in like an extreme wide where the two leads are like walking at. Oh night. yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. That was pretty good. That was, that was good. good. However, there was like a pretty bad like camera shake in the middle of it. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I missed yeah. that. Oh, there was funny. there was a little like fuck up. <laughs> but um but he's like, "You know what? We're keeping the whole thing in." And um yeah. yeah I mean, it was bold. Yeah, it was bold. And the, I got the intimacy in the in that movie I thought was done pretty well. You know, I I always think it's like sex scenes? scenes are like really yeah. difficult. I mean, obviously rules of attraction. I mean, they're like to the nines, like it's like POV shots and it's, you know, like it's showing all this kind of like wildness, you know? Um, but I, I, I thought that, yeah, like 
in Cooper's movie, uh, the very the very first like sex scene, you know, um, if, you know, like he just can't really get it up, and I don't know. It was like it was really well done, and it's all one take actually. It's like shot like just like right past her desk, and and that that I thought was just staged really nicely, and it felt like pretty raw, you know. Um, I mean, ni- neither of these films are sexy movies at all. Like, they're not. They're not. Like, shit, I don't remember. Like, I don't, I don't really, none of that stands out from Shithouse for me. Like, I, I don't, I, but yeah, they just try to make it as restrained as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no. When I say, and, and what, you know, I'm not saying that they're sexy. I'm saying that like they were done. So yeah. So nuanced that like just, yeah, no, I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with oh, you. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just making that comment for people listening. It's like, like, yeah, they had like sex scenes, but none of them like in, in rules of attraction, I felt like they were highlighting psychological kind of the, state. Yeah. Like kind of everyone was like wide angle and like looked weird. And like in POV, like it was uh, exaggerating, like how bizarre the circumstances were. And, right, right. and then in, uh, or horrifying in some, in one case, but like, yeah. and then in shit house, I just felt like they were focusing on, yeah, there was just no, like, no, <laughs> there was no, nothing titillating happening. But, um, anyways, but it's, and since you mentioned music, I must say that was one element of, I think shit house is a really like smart movie in the sense that he managed to make an extremely accessible, slick movie that anyone could watch that if it feels t like i don't mean this as an insult it feels tv ready like that you could watch it on hbo max or showtime or whatever or fubo (laughs) (laughs) i watched it on showtime um oh anyways anyways yeah i just i to me it wasn't a very like the music choices and those choices were not cinematic to me they were very generic and um led led themselves to like to just feeling like this movie's accessible, but um, I did not like the music in the film. I thought it was, I thought it kind of like cheapened a lot of, of those moments, especially like the end and stuff like that, or like just kind of standard montage like indie music that is like, and, and it's honestly that kind of vibe that, that makes me not want to watch movies like this. Like usually when I like seriously, like like when I, once I actually sit down and watch it, I'm like I can find there's usually something that I I really enjoy about it, but like yeah. to have those kind of music cues and these like just this kind of like modesty in the artistry and like I I don't under, I genuinely don't understand it. Like if you're going to have music that's that placeholder, just don't have music or I don't know, like or put something cool in there like find a like get your friend's band to like make us a song, like just do make a choice. Like I felt like it was, it was so generic that it was just like, um, that it was, that it detracted slightly. But again, it, uh, but having said that it may have also been the thing that made this movie feel like that accessible. And the movie that won South by, and that was, you know, made some kind of sale or whatever. Wait, yeah, did it win South yeah. by? I think it did. It won. Yeah, I think I think it won an audience award or, or no, I think no, it did. It won best narrative at South by, and yeah. then his latest picture, one Sunday, uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth, that that um that won the audience award at Sundance. Yeah, at Sundance. Um, yeah, and that'll that'll be released by Apple, which I'm, yeah. I'm actually you know frankly I'm excited. This first this first movie got me excited for it. I'm like, and especially the the world that he chose to tell, you know, about an MC, you know, like at bar mitzvahs and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's sick. I'm, I'm down. I'm a hundred percent down for that. But, um, 
but here, I mean, hey, we got two really gifted filmmakers here. I mean, Roger Avery, um, you know, Powerhouse. I mean, <laughs> he's 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 been he's been kind of retired, semi-retired. It seems. No, I, I, he made a movie in 2019. I did see. Um, I mean, we but, should. I should mention there's there's a um, okay. So Brad Easton Ellis has a podcast. It's on Patreon. On that, there is an interview. I think it might have been given out for free. On that, okay. there's a there's a long form interview with uh, Roger Avery where he describes kind of like his career and what he went through, and just his journey. And I think it's two parts, and it's probably the best film related interview that I've ever heard. Um, wow! And and I've pro- and I've, I mean, I've I've watched so many. Um, like yeah. so so I mean his story is insane. Like he, I won't, I won't go into it right now, but look up, look up sort of what's gone on in Roger Avery's life in the last 20 years. And I mean, prior to that, he was like the guy who kind of taught Quentin Tarantino the ropes as far as how to, how to write and how to be a filmmaker. And he made a movie called killing Zoe that I still haven't seen. He, but recently he made a movie called lucky day a couple years ago. And I, and I saw that, um, it's pretty. It's pretty fucking entertaining, honestly. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. a little rough around the edges, but it made me laugh, and it's got some cool action in it. And uh, hey, I'm 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 glad you're supporting him. Um, you know, I'll I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll try to check that one out. And Cooper, you know, Cooper's got Cha uh, Cha coming out really smooth, uh, real smooth, real soon. Yeah. Um, but um, it was. I mean, it's just great to relive the the you know the days of college. If there's one thing, I mean, I I got to shout out is just I I would love to see a college movie that isn't like an HBCU like black movie and and that and one that isn't like right. just super, yeah. you know, I, I like that isn't just focused on just white characters with like no one else, you know. I if there's one thing I feel like we just have we just don't it just doesn't exist right now is like a college movie like that. I think we're starting to see more high school stuff. Um, that's more representative, especially yeah. on television. But I would love to see just. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know what you went to USC is so diverse, way more diverse. Yeah. It's way more diverse than Carnegie. So yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, some so, so, something that just touches on more stuff. I think would be kind of dope. But um, I, I think beautiful, beautiful work. Beautiful. Yeah, work. I think there are still great college movies to be made. I, I as much as these yeah. movies got right, there's so much more to be explored. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I think I think that's yeah. all we got. Hey, family! Thank you guys for tuning in to Diesel Reeser. Um, and yeah, we got we got some exciting stuff coming for you in a couple of weeks. Talk to you guys soon. Talk soon. We love you. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out. All right, fam. Later.